Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and today for our guest we have Mayanka Batra who is the founder of Shift Consulting Group and graduated from IIM Ahmedabad and London School of Economics. Thank you so much for joining Mayanka. Hi Sakib, thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. I've heard a few of your episodes and I'm I'm really glad to be here today. Thank you so much. So just to give a little bit of context to our wonderful listeners out there Could you please share us about yourself and your career journey so far? Sure. So I'm Mayanka Batra and as mentioned before I am founder and one of the practice leaders with Shift Consulting. Um so I am a graduate uh, from London School of Economics. I did my masters in organizational and social psychology which has actually shaped quite a bit of the world view I have today. Mm-hmm. Um I have uh, been in HR for two decades now. Uh, where i worked with mnc's i worked with smaller companies indian companies with startups and now i'm working as an entrepreneur so my journey really when i talk about london school of economics there have uh, i lived in london for a while where you know i studied um, not just the course material but i think the perspective was shaped by the cohort where i uh, went to school with uh, my uh, batchmates from 29 countries and uh, wow. and that has really created the perspective i have today around uh, the global world view and how i read and uh, assimilate things um along with that i worked in mncs in my corporate life i worked with people from various cultures and countries us of course europe uh, japan wow. and china and and you know other parts of the world so that's what i bring in now this is around the global world view but when we talk about the local i worked uh, mm-hmm. my past few stints were really as a head of hr and one of them was with a startup where we were doing a lot of work in india a homegrown startup uh, we were in uh, various cities in india tier 1 tier 2 and that has shaped a very very local grounded perspective of how the customer and people think and function here so so that is really about me what i do currently is uh, uh, run a venture of my own it is in a boutique executive search firm uh-huh. where we support the cxos ceos board members chros find their top talent wow. uh, we largely work at senior leadership level so that's what we do i am not alone in this i have a partner so two of us are running the firm amazing amazing i have to say you have a very wonderful and inspiring journey so far thank you so when we talk about great organization and talent we usually hear leaders say uh, building team teams and systems with the right candidates and the right skill set is critical so can you tell us what this saying means in today's world of work see when we talk about uh, you know the right candidate and the right talent i think just take it a further uh, a notch further where it is right people uh, right organization right team uh, but also the right role what we believe and uh, uh, is in the philosophy of sandy york where he speaks about talent for value um what we believe that 
as opposed to the traditional where the focus on who are your top team was largely on the top two layers in the organization. And we believe uh, there is more to it than just the top two layers in terms of hierarchy. We believe that the value creating or the value sustenance roles in an organization are just the top 2%, which is largely around 30 to 50 to 100 people. And they can be across any levels. These are your critical people. Have the right talent, right fitment in these roles is extremely important. Now, it can be um, buy versus borrow versus build philosophy that the organizations can make. But it is about having a vision on who these critical roles are and who is in that. What is the talent or who are the people? What is the skill set which is in these roles? Um, now, there are, uh, and, and taking it again a little further, it's not just, just about who's in it. You work on everything around it. You talk about the performance, you talk about their engagement, retention, their development as well. Um, also, having a view of, you know, uh, not just succession plan, which is an internal, but having an understanding of the market, what is external, which can bring in that skill set, I think is an important view that the CXO, CEO, CHROs need to have now. So in organizations, we believe that these value creation roles are very, very critical and they should not just be identified, but they should be uh, taken care of in a way. So when we talk engagement, we talk about different things. These, these are the roles that we should focus on. That's a very insightful answer. So just in case if I, in the coming years, if I ever become a C-level officer, I have a good mentor right with me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Uh, we we just are going by what we are also learning from, from people <laughs> who have written, who have researched and who have worked on these theories and, and have come up with these solutions or thoughts really. We have seen some of the trends in 2022. So we have seen people-focused technology. We have seen hybrid as the new normal and employee evolving expectations. So these are the trends in 2022. So what new trends are expected to reshape the workplace and the workforce in 2023? See, there are various things that will continue and the hybrid and technology is here to stay and will continue. It's not going away. People will still focus and it will keep changing its shape. So for example, when we talk about hybrid, at one point when we hit the pandemic, it was all about how do we make people work from home? How, and then it was how do we bring them back to work? And, and we started coming with the hybrid solutions. Hybrid brings in various challenges with it. And, and I'll talk about um, some of the things, how it is, in, in our opinion, the world is moving in terms of hybrid. We believe it has gone beyond hybrid to look at flexibility. Uh, we have a different uh, generation that is there, which is more clear about what they want. They know what is important to them. They know what they are going for. Their self and individual identity is extremely critical to them. Now, when you talk about flexibility, people are in different stages of life. They have different requirements. And now they are more sure of what they want uh, than they have ever been before. So I think what we're grappling with is how do we come up with more flexible work arrangements where these needs are met? And it can be needs around whether you're working remotely from smaller towns, whether it is a caregiving requirement or whether it is um, 
uh, for women, maternity, for example, or, or even for men, you know, they can have their own motivations and life stages to deal with. So I think flexibility has become an important part of where uh, we will see, in my opinion, that the policies are getting shaped accordingly. The HR policies where we are talking about um, really a dedicated work from home policy or a hybrid work arrangement policy. So the whole work arrangement will shift. Now, this is leading uh, two different things here. And uh, one of them, which is a core piece, is the engagement. How will you engage these employees who are sometimes at work, sometimes at not, or completely working from home? So how do you leverage technology for the same? Now, with the, the good thing is with the advent of AI, um, mm-hmm. A lot of repetitive tasks or a lot of, you know, manual work can now be technology driven, True. which creates more space and bandwidth for the HR leaders to work on more meaningful, more thoughtful solutions to these engagement challenges or to, to different issues or, or even think on what else can be done at work. Um, so that is one side of it, which is on the employee engagement, retention, uh, belonging. How do you create that whole purpose, meaning, or even belonging within an organization, which leads to a longer tenure, retention, and, and also, you know, productivity, which leads me to the second piece, which is the productivity. There is a lot of talk today around how do we get more productive. Mm -hmm. What is happening is that we have shifted from measuring availabilities to now measuring the result. Uh, Earlier, it was more about are you clocking in a nine to six, a nine Mm -hmm. to five or whatever those hours were, or are you available for the meeting? It has now moved into where we are talking about what is the result that you are delivering. Uh, So we are moving into a very result oriented culture. So the first theme, just to summarize, I spoke about flexibility. Second, there is a technology driven employee engagement that we're going to see a rise of. Third, we are definitely going to see how uh, the measures of uh, employee availability will now shift into a more result oriented culture, really. Okay, so these are, um, you know, some of the top three challenges. And if I were to add one more to it, it is going to be how, um, and it is again leading or or coming out a result of the whole hybrid work arrangement is on how we are looking at diversity and inclusion. We for long had a more gender oriented approach to diversity. And now it is moving towards uh, a more inclusive, equity based, not two people are alike. So we are talking about equity over equality. We're talking about inclusion over um, diversity. We're talking about, you know, some of the social changes that are leading the whole diversity agenda. We're talking about people with disability now, a lot more than we earlier did. We're talking about LGBTQAI, a lot more than we used to. And these are things that are shaping uh, the external, these are shaped by the external social environment as well, if you look at it. Um, so, um, So I think these are some of the trends that we feel are going to be the top trends. One last, if I were to say, has always been, and if you go look at any HR trend for the past decade, you will see a leadership development has been a big challenge that all the companies have grappled with. Um, 
there are some who've done some fabulous work on it, uh, but there are others who lag behind and have struggled on how do you find that balance between managing your business imperatives and managing the people side of things. So, um, so I think uh, leadership now in this changed environment, which is more technology driven, more hybrid, more diverse, is going to um, to shape and 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 shift as well. Wow, your answer was very socially evident, to be honest. Uh, so coming to the priorities, initiating supporting diversity, equity, mm-hmm. and inclusion strategies were top priorities for HR leaders in 2022. So what, according to you, uh, will be the new priorities in 2023? I think on diversity, it will continue to take another level. It is not, uh, diversity is not something you can solve in a year. It has been there as a priority and uh, it will continue to be a priority. But like I mentioned, the shift is going to be from just looking at diversity into a different type of diversity. So it will move from gender diversity into how do you enable uh, people with disabilities at work or how do you enable the um, LGBTQ uh, AI community at work and how do you make it more inclusive? How do you encourage uh, individual identities while creating a work environment which is conducive for people? So there is a lot more work that would, I think, happen around inclusion because you have brought in people, you brought in diverse set of people, but now you have to make them function together. So it is about how do you create a more inclusive community? How do you break the silos? How do you get them to really function together as a real team, as opposed to just individuals working together in 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 a in a team or labeled as a team. And uh, coming to the hot topic right now, so what are your views on the ongoing layoffs? especially in tech, and what is the impact on the job market? Sure. I'll first start with, you know, the layoffs itself, and then I'll come to the job market, how it is getting impacted. So there is a side to the layoff, okay? Um, There are various reasons that organizations do layoffs or or they work on it. And and one of the things that we keep hearing is around cost-cutting, which surely is one of the reasons that organizations do layoffs or they go into that. It's not an easy decision for anybody. Let me tell you that. I've been on the other side. I've been head of HR. I have have dealt with the situation where we've had to let go of people. And all head of HRs have gone through a pandemic where several uh, companies, industries were affected, impacted, and we had to take very hard calls. Um, Layoffs happen not just because of cost cutting. What is important to understand and is also that any business is running for certain value creation. And once they have created the value, they're sustaining the value. Now, this value can be created, whether it is socially, whether it is for shareholders, it can be for personal gains, whatever. There is a value that is creating. And also, you know, to advance for advancement of technology industry and various reasons, right? Now, when you're creating this value, you have to sustain yourself. And uh, one of the metrics that businesses usually track is... Uh, your cost versus your revenue, okay? So it has not got to do with the cash surplus you have, how rich you are in terms of your money or at hand. It is also to do with how is your cost moving as a function of your revenue or as a fraction of it, right? Um, So when we talk cost cutting, cost cutting is not just about I don't have money. It has got to do with how my revenue is moving and how my cost is moving and also how much runway it will give me if things don't function. Now, that is one of the reasons uh, companies do it. So that is that has driven layoffs. The second reason the layoffs are driven, whenever there is a looming recession or a talk of a recession, 
companies go inwards where they say let's save cash we need to hold on to what we've got in hand mm-hmm. because we don't know what will happen so they don't leave money out in the market they don't leave money outside they like to hold on to more cash so so it is a risk basically uh, mitigation or they they take these risk models are really built in, into the companies on what is the risk model and this is how they manage the risk um, and that leads to the whole uh, cost cutting or layoffs led by that so these are two reasons but i do believe um, that this layoff is also happening as a result of imitation okay so there is another company doing it they must be on to something so i also need to do correct and also what is happening is they are using the whole trend of layoffs as a way to optimize their own um, organization structures or or their own manpower plans where um, what companies are saying is let's go leaner and this is our time to go leaner or they are finding this as as a reason for um, shelving some of the projects that don't work or uh, you know dealing some of the projects which have been trailing behind lagging behind are not really fruitful at the moment um so while there is companies that have a real reason to do it for whatever you know justifications or reasons they may have mm-hmm. um i do believe there is a lot of imitation and trend that is going on that somebody else is doing it more people are doing it i should also jump on it uh, to to just look inwards and optimize Now, how does it impact the uh, market and how does it impact people? Mm -hmm. Uh, The trend that we have seen or I have seen particularly in technology, it has more, it has advanced. There are more avenues, so to say, for those looking for a job right now. So when we talk about, you know, moving up the hierarchy or moving up the ladder or sea levels, you have uh, uh, people who are specializing in a particular task and then they start moving and consolidating their own knowledge and portfolios so that they can take a senior role where they have a breadth of understanding of things and then they have a depth of understanding, what we call as a T-level, um, you know, uh, learning that you have the whole T here where you have a breadth of knowledge and then you have a specialization on one topic, right? Now, what is happening is that With this, there is a lot of specializations today in the market. People are more, uh, and I have seen that the newer generation, like I said, they are much more uh, clear on what they want or where they're moving. They also have a lot of options available. Uh, This is also where, you know, we're looking at a lot of gig economy flourish, especially in technology space. We are looking at people um, coming up with these smaller ventures, which are profitable and sustainable for a small group. So it doesn't really have to be a big blown startup, a VC funded startup, but there are people who are doing these smaller ventures of their own or smaller businesses, which are flourishing. So what this does is definitely it will um, bring in more of uh, individual uh, entrepreneurial uh, spirit where people will find ways to um, to identify what they are doing. And the uh, other two things that really always happen is we saw a whole boom in how technology salaries moved uh, in the last few years. Uh-huh. And uh, and I think this is where uh, some normalization of it will happen, where, uh, uh-huh. you know, we saw a, a real high boom. It was it was uh, it was exponential. And now I I believe that it is going to um, normalize or at least stabilize a bit for for a period of time, at least. What it will also do, and and age old, you know, people turn into acquiring more knowledge. The moment they have, uh, there is any sort of uh, 
dearth of jobs in the market people look into acquiring more knowledge so we will see a lot of uh, educational and skill building that will happen happen having said this i do feel that uh, while you know some of the projects are shared people who have specialized skills who have niche skills mm-hmm. still are holding on to what they are doing and yeah. it is not really moving um so there is no particularly layoff so to say in in a certain segment of people they are not impacted by it also you know i and, and just to add and i hope it happens is that people start sticking to jobs i mean i come from a generation where we liked to stick on or work with a company or there was something called his loyalty <laughs> where we were working there were longer tenures and i i believe that that just this i believe and i hope that this particular layoff time uh, especially where you know the newly joinees are being let go there will be a lot more value to holding on to your job or, or to the tenure or loyalty to an organization i understood and i agree with your point that uh, the ratio of people following the passion is too high compared to the previous eras so because i guess one of the point is because of the support they are getting from their parents or maybe the companions they surround with absolutely and and like i mentioned earlier as well you know there are some social movements that that result in how we will progress um i think the youth today is much more okay with taking a risk than uh, i was at that time uh, when i was exactly. growing up i wouldn't want to take that risk the avenues are more the acceptance to something new or a fresh idea is a lot more now and i think that's a great place to be as as daunting and as as much anxiety it can create in oh, what should i do but i i do believe the opportunities today are so much more mm-hmm. and and it's a fantastic place to be in again that was a very insightful answer mayanka so uh, that brings us to the end of another episode of the shape of work podcast thank you for your time mayanka and it was a wonderful session i can see the reflection of your experience and your knowledge uh, in your career journey so far with your answers we can definitely relate to that one and i hope to thank see you, you again next time thank you sir thank you for this opportunity bye